welcome to the African Defence Review. You're listening to editor John Stupart and my colleague Darren Olafia, senior correspondent and general South African and Southern African defence expert um, for the third day of AAD 2014. Um, you know, overall, a much quieter day. You find a lot of the trade, uh, trade exhibitors and things like that tend to be spooling down their operations and, and, and packing up being in, you know, before the, the unwashed masses, I suppose, come forward to watch the air show. Um, you know, good time to hide the sniper rifles and laser sights. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to just talk about three things today um, in, in quite quick succession. We're going to discuss our overall impressions of the trade the trade days from from Wednesday until today, um, and uh, how we how we feel like AD twenty fourteen has gone and, and and why it even matters, I suppose. Um, and then secondly, we're going to talk a little bit about an Airbus briefing that we attended, um, discussing specifically the A four hundred M, looking at the how the A four hundred M could be implemented, I suppose, but we'll get into that in a bit. And also looking at uh, the air show for the weekend, um, what what you can expect to see if you're going to be attending over the weekend. Um, so with that in mind, we're actually going to begin with the, I think, the, the Airbus dis- discussion and, and, and take a look at that. And uh, what we did is we spoke with uh, Martin Sefcik, who who is the man in the know for the A400M, particularly in relations to Africa. Um, and what we actually saw was was quite an interesting um, presentation because um, if you if you do this for a number of years, we we kind of get used to seeing millions of slides showing payloads and little range rings around Africa, showing you know where where these aircraft can go and why you know why it's better to fit a person at the tail end and how you can sort of you know hang some paratroopers off the tail hooks and that's how you get extra payload and blah 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 and so on you know very somewhat abstracted um specifications whereas airbus today actually uh took a different tack which i thought was was quite refreshing especially um, from from my recent experiences doing you know, getting involved in conflict simulation where they looked at a scenario um, and in this case, it was Operation Artemis from 2003, where you had um, it was EU forces and I believe it was the South Africans. Darren, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, we, we had the EU forces and uh, uh, South African troops as well. I believe about 1,320 in total, um, but of that, about 1,200 were Europeans um, getting involved in in Bunia, the, the the Democratic Republic of Congo. Long story short, um, this was almost a, it was conducted, the, the meeting, the Airbus meeting was conducted almost as a sort of thought exercise into what if this operation um, had A400Ms at its disposal rather than the, the, the pool of uh, strategic and tactical airlift options it had at its disposal. Because during this, during Operation Artemis, there was, you had, um, you know, obviously vast amounts of men and material that need to be flown from Europe. Um, into into Buniev and well into you know through, throughout the operational area of the DRC, um, and uh, the challenge is how to get them there. Um, and uh, during Artemis, there's there's two sort of options where you either you know ship them via Djibouti or Somaliland, well probably Djibouti in reality, and get them through to to the DRC via overland tactical and strategic airlift or you do it via strategic slash tactical airlift from from Europe, Um, you know, landing at various airports, possibly Uganda and then shipping upwards from that with tactical airlift. 
Um, and, uh, you know, that's the, it, it's not impossible to do that. It's just expensive. It takes longer, and there's, there, there are far more aircraft uh, required to do it. Um, you know, you, and that, again, combines the, 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 the chances of technical and maintenance failures. Um, in that regard, um, it was quite interesting to see how the A400, if you, you consider its currently or current proven characteristics in terms of what it can and can't do, um, very interesting to see that the the number of rotations and flight routes and sorties flown by by Artemis air crews and pilots, well, pilots are air crews, I suppose, um, uh, actually reduced the overall sort of cost and sort of complication of the the, the operation by 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 quite a fair magnitude, and also I believe reduced the the time scale by I think about 10, 10 to twelve days. I, I stand a correction on that, but I'm fairly sure it was something like that. Um, so it was quite quite interesting to see that, and I think um, looking at the the A400M there is quite interesting to see the the characteristics where it, you know the it looks like Airbus have very very deliberately um, catered towards considerations for marrying as it were strategic and tactical airlift. And I mean, Darren, I think if you can jump in on this, um, you know, just commenting perhaps a bit on the the choices perhaps of propeller versus turbine and having what you know more wheels on the ground to 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 help with that. Sure. Well, you know, I think, first of all, choosing the operation in, in Vanilla, Operation Artemis, is a, is a very good case study, uh, largely because it was the first joint European mission carried out independently, uh, you know, since the formation of the EU. And uh, it really highlighted, again, the need for airlift, but more importantly, the need for airlift that could handle very, very, very poor airfields. Uh, I mean, the, the the runway and parking areas at, at Bonilla are, are mm. quite terrible. In fact, to, to the point where they would not accept larger uh, aircraft like your AN-124 or your C-17. Mm. So uh, the issue, how it was really done in the end is, is you know, it, it, and the real scenario is um, the force formed a base at Entebbe and then just mm. tried to, try to get uh, troops across uh, by you know, C-160 and C-130. Yeah. And uh, I think what, what people often miss, you know, when, when they look at the stats of, of uh, cargo aircraft is they look at the, the overall carrying capacity, you know, for example, it carries this many tons or whatever else, and that's, that's mm. really the important thing that they see. But truth is, one of the major things for airlifts is not only... How much you can carry at one go, but also your, your sortie rate. Um, you know, your uh, effectively um, how short can you make your your, your uh, turnaround time, your return time. So, mm. if I can airlift, you know, twice as many troops in the first go, obviously mm. now I've I've just halved my number of sorties. Right. Yeah. Of course. And uh, that's the key thing with, with you know, obviously the um, Operation Artemis was 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 launched to stop some massacres. Mm. And in that kind of scenario, when people are being killed left, right, and center, you cannot afford to wait another 10 days mm. uh, just to set up a base and then uh, have troops uh, brought across. Plus, mm. that then leaves the, 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 the forward base vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so, again, the A400M is designed quite nicely there because w- with its uh, high, you know, well, high propellers, it's very, very, very uh, uh, well, quite, quite immune to... Uh, the sort of stones and whatnot that you'll find on on dirt, dirt um, runways, 
Yes. Yeah. At the same time, it still maintains high performance. You know, so yeah. it can fly. You know, at Mach point seven or something like that. I believe in in uh, the DRC as well. Roughly, roughly half of the runway that was was surveyed there actually was utterly unusable, uh, yes. which had to be taken into account as well. And so, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, look at for example at Goma, half the runway was destroyed by the volcano eruption. Mm. So, you know, many of these airfields they're they're very rough, uh, very uneven, and very very short. And yeah. uh, and so, even though you could perhaps get like a you know a, a larger and heavier aircraft in there once. You couldn't do it three, four, five, six, seven times, mm. and that's where you want an aircraft like the the F-400M ideally, which is uh, due to the, the way it's been built and, and the the sheer number of wheels it has. For example, it has a fairly uh, light impact on the ground. Mm. Uh, so, so even when carrying a full load, uh, the wheels don't tend to sink in that much. They don't tend to cause that much damage. And if you look back now, there's the option instead of having to base initially at Tebe. Mm. You could have flown the, the troops directly from uh, the basin areas in Europe down, yeah. down to Benia. Yes, I believe that, that was actually covered by Martin as well in the briefing. He said, well, the, this can actually be done in one hop without the, without exactly. the need to yeah. actually sort of move around like that. So, I mean, and also the, this, has, you know, well, if you look at uh, where our troops are deployed in terms of, of South Africa, mm. uh, they're often deployed out in the middle of nowhere and where the only nearby airfields are airfields like those of Benia. Mm. Uh, very small, very rough, mm. and uh, currently our entire plan, for example, to evacuate, uh, involves troops going uh, overground in vehicles or on foot mm. to a, a better airport, which is just you know it cannot really be done. It's a bit ridiculous, and I mean especially, you know, since what was quite interesting is once you start thinking in terms of scenario planning, you start looking at how something like the A400M could have been used in, say, the Battle of Bangui, um, or even in, in ongoing intervention brigade operations against, you know, well, what formerly now, well, the XM23, now destroyed yeah. rebel organization, slash FDLR, slash, you know, any number of, you know, pick your rebel organization, the DRC, regardless, um, the A400M could have provided a very, very useful um, immediate uh, uh, capability there. Battle of Bangui, for example, you could have simply, well, I don't know, deployed the bloody thing from, from Vardacliff or wherever um, and not have to spend the entire weekend trying to negotiate with charters, which, you know, I exactly. know for the aviation community, this is common knowledge, but uh, for those of you not, uh, you know, not, 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 not familiar with this stuff, it's, it's, it, it can often cost lives. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's the bottom line is that if you don't have the right equipment for these operations, um, you know when when things get rough, it's it gets difficult to then rely on third parties um, to to be able to do this. Yeah, I, Even, I, I agree. I mean, that, that, that yeah. actually almost makes it a, a moral imperative. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Maybe we should have brought Conway on this. He's the he's the military ethicist amongst us. Um, it would have been <laughs> would have been quite good to to see. So um, yeah, I mean, in, in closing, just I was very, very impressed with the the A400M briefing. Um, I, I, I must admit, it was uh, it was certainly very informative to me. I'm not really a, you know, I don't I don't paint myself as an expert on the, on these things. So uh, yeah, I mean, it was I was glad to 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 visit and get 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 some some information on this and to be able to put it into real world operational terms that that at least I could wrap my head around. Uh, was very, mm. Quite refreshing, I thought. So now, moving on to um, just broader impressions of the show, um, Darren. I mean, we'll, I'll, I'll ask you in a second just what you, how you felt the show has gone. I think um, you know, I think we can both agree it was a, you know, definitely quieter this year. Or it felt quieter as we as we said in yesterday's podcast. But at the same time, 
um, there's also a lot going on, um, just in a smaller, perhaps more modest way, rather than, you know, lights and, you know, sort of smoke and, and uh, well, Paramount didn't have the air hostesses, at least from what I saw this year. So there's, uh, you know, clearly, you know, heavy cost cutting going on when you don't have air hostesses <laughs> handing macaroons going around. Well, that said, perhaps the budget went into the into the Parabot this year. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, uh, Darren, what 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 were your impressions, of, at least of the trade days? Yeah, you know, I agree. Uh, I think uh, in terms of the internal displays, they were quite full, but uh, there was definitely less. You know, definitely well attended. Was, yeah, yeah there, were, there were fewer whiz bang things than there were uh, last time around. Uh, there was definitely a, a shortage in terms of the displays externally. Mm. Uh, you know, fewer vehicles, fewer aircraft, and whatnot. You know, and and we have discussed in the previous episode of the podcast. The reasons for that, you know, partially amongst mm. the, the defense review. With that mm. said, uh, I think it's been a success. You know, uh, the it's, it's been well attended. Mm. Um, the weather played played uh, you know played out quite well. I, I got and, a nice tan uh, <laughs> post return from London. Yeah, I, I, I got, certainly got. I, think tan. I, got, I got more burn than a tan. Uh, I got more sun now than I have in the past <laughs> twelve months in London, which is yeah, it was, was nice. It was quite it was nice. pretty warm. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, you know, it, it was interesting stuff. Uh, I think a lot of optimism amongst small companies, hmm. and uh, definitely a sense that you know, e- even though things are slow, in, in terms of the SA and the F, and, and even the global market, hmm. there's a lot of innovation happening. A lot of you know attempts to to rethink their roles and to try and innovate and and, and bring through different solutions. I mean, we're talking about the hmm. the Danel, uh, SARA concept. Uh, mm. Paramount's got some very interesting stuff. I mean, the R, like obviously the Paramount mm. ro- ro- Robotics is, is a very cool uh, initiative. Yeah. And, and uh, yes. yeah, I mean, hopefully soon as well with uh, with ADR, we'll we be bringing some more information on on their UAVs as well. Um, it, it's something I regret not actually paying more attention to. I know you as well wanted to take a look and see, um, but yeah, uh, yeah with with like we can we t- take a take a bigger look at that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think from the perspective of your, your sort of average air show goer, it might seem a bit disappointing. But in terms of the business side, I think this is a healthy AAD. Yeah, absolutely. More of a more of a jog um, in, in, in good sun than the, the sort of frantic sprint that I, I suppose 2012 probably, if you can yes. characterize it in, in running terms. Um, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. I do think it was, it was worthwhile if you attended. Um, if you hadn't, I... I, I Strongly encourage you to gather as much information and 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 promotional well, sort of press releases as you can, um, because there were some very very interesting things happening. Just as Darren says, in quite a quite a modest fashion, which is yeah, quite quite nice actually. Quite frankly, I think it's a I think it's a more honest reflection of the the, the economic times, particularly in in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So now moving on to the weekend, that said, we're now going to see whiz bangs and, and flares and I assume lots of things blowing up on the on the weekend for to, to please the, the general masses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, uh, again, compared to AADs of past, uh, there's, mm. there's no uh, real surprise here. You know, the, the, there aren't any foreign fighters, there's no B1B and you know, there's mm. no B52, for example. Right. But that said, I think we're in for a really interesting show. Uh, one of the highlights, this is really, really cool, yeah. is that the Air Force has formed a sort of ad hoc Hawk display team. Um, is it? Yeah, they currently call themselves, uh, poor, actually, they currently have oh, do they have a name? Oh, right. But uh, they've been referred to as the Gannet, the Gannet 4. Because Gannet 4. Um, the, the, the fourth aircraft is, is painted in the the special Gannet paint scheme. And oh, okay. the Gannet is the, the uh, mascot of the squadron. 
so that's gonna be very cool um i also saw the the display of the grip on it which is looking fantastic yeah so yeah really excellent flying really tight display the uh, actually uh, on that i saw them this morning just before just before i went to the the airbus briefing um and uh there was a i don't know who was flying the Gripen, but he was doing some fairly fast and very fairly tight turns at least to my untrained eye it looked like he was you know really sort of letting rip there which was quite quite yeah. cool to see and then you know the, the, so we should see a, a full range of of, of air force aircraft uh, from the Royal Falcon to the C130 obviously the Silver Falcons um, flying well mm. as, uh, as as usual yeah um, the Gripen display Hawk display solo as well and uh, you know it, from what we've seen on on the the practice days it's, it's going to be a, a very nice show to watch oh and yeah. obviously as well the there's going to be a, a mini war demo. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I was beginning to rehearse that as well uh, today, which was very, very interesting to see. Um, so, and, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Should be good. Should I, be a I good agree. day. I mean, while it may not be the vintage 80s of past, and of course everybody remembers uh, the air show in 95, which I mean, played host to mm. uh, US, European, and Russian fighters, and it was just, you know, amazing. Mm. You know, it was going to be a very nice show to watch, very, very nice to attend. And I think Modest in its own should, way. Should appear, yeah. Should be yeah. good. Oh, I, yeah, I, I strongly suspect there will be huge crowds. Um, you know, regardless, because the thing is, yeah, it's still it's still impressive to see, even if it's not there aren't foreign aircraft. It is nice to see, and also um, as I wrote in ADR the other day as well, or today I should say, um, it kind of disproves this this common, at least among South Africans, myth that we have no pilots and we have no planes. Agreed, yeah. um, so if you if you believe in that, then I strongly suggest you go to Vardacliff Air Force Base and see some Grippens flying themselves, I suppose, autonomously <laughs> somehow with no pilots, um, along with along with Hawks doing some amazing aerobatics with apparently without pilots um, and with no fuel. So you know, quite interesting how that's achieved. But uh, yeah, I mean, in general, should be should be a very good weekend. Yeah, I'm um, to yeah, so uh, with that, that this was uh, the the third and final trade day uh, podcast from from African Defence Review. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at African Defence or Darren Olafier was uh, at is it DJ Olafier? Is yes, that correct? That's okay. DJ Olafier with a V for those of you who don't don't speak Afrikaans. Um, and uh, otherwise, just keep, stay tuned on, on ADR, and we'll have more stories next week as we uh, as we unpack more and more what's what's happened at the at the trade days. But uh, from myself, John Stupart, and Darren Olafier, have a good day, have a good weekend, and uh, I hope you enjoy the air show.